Commissioner McPherson. Commissioner Quinn. Uh, thank you, Chairman. I really appreciate how approachable and how comprehensible this package was, but I'm curious about what feels to me like something out of sync. Uh, I believe the decision on interim versus ultimate trails coming here in March. And yet when I look at the planning, especially the bridges in Aptos and the buttressing on the trail in Capitola, it looks as if we're presupposing we're going with the ultimate trail and investing a lot in spending in a manner that we have not yet determined is the path forward. Is that a question or? It's a question. And so how do we reconcile the fact that we're spending money we don't have on a plan that we have not yet finalized? So in May of 2022, uh, we came to the commission with the concerns of the interim versus the ultimate trail and that we had a historic round of active transportation program funding available by the state and needed to make a decision about what to apply for in order to see where where we were going to uh, to go with those grant applications. Um, this was one of the, the, the more difficult meetings. I remember staying up all night before the meeting and changing my recommendation um, from what was written in the package to what I presented on that day. Um, um, the commission was split and was not sure where to go with the interim versus the ultimate trail. In my revised recommendation, I recommended that we ask for the higher amount and then we decide where we want to go um, from there. Um, the commission accepted that recommendation and we voted on asking for the larger amounts for the ultimate trail. The California Transportation Commission received those applications and awarded us the funding needed to um, construct the ultimate ba trail based on the, um, the uh, cost estimates that we had at that time. Uh, we continue to move forward with those projects uh, based on that recommendation. However, you are correct, Commissioner Quinn, in that um, there were two other things that I mentioned at that meeting with regards to the recommendation that was very important. One was the outcome of the vote on Measure D 2022 um, and, and where that um, was going to lead us. And the other was the environmental documents themselves. Um, the environmental documents um, have very important information about um, the environmental impacts and the mitigation measures. Um, those environmental impact reports are coming out and uh, actions are being taken on them. But with the funding in place for the ultimate trail, the, um, the, the agencies have been moving forward with the direction um, uh, that we received from the commission and the funding that we have to build it. Um, now, there are going to be additional um, uh, decisions that the commission can make with regards to these projects as they move forward. Um, the RTC is the owner of the rail corridor and um, in such, we have to enter into agreements with the local agencies on what we're going to actually build for these projects. So um, I was hoping to have brought the uh, segment eight and nine cooperative agreement um, prior to uh, me departing, but the county and the city are still working through some issues on the language that they want to see in there. But um, uh, they, uh, they are moving forward with a project to build what is referred to as the ultimate trail or the rail, the trail adjacent to the existing rail line. And that will likely come in front of you uh, into the future. 
this here in front of you today is a plan and it's a funding plan um, that could be changed if the commission so decides to change their mind with respect to, to this, but I don't necessarily know that that's going to happen, but you are the decision-making body and you will have various opportunities to pivot if you want to. Um, I've um, tried to um, coach and work with and collaborate with the county and the city and staff to maintain flexibility because you never know exactly what is going to happen. And so these projects have been developed in such a way, but this financial plan um, needed to consider the actions that have previously been taken by the commission. And that was a vote to fully fund the ultimate trail. And that's what we modeled. We could model you know, what it would be if it would be the interim trail, but then I would be producing two plans to move forward with. Um, this strategic implementation plan has a series of policies associated with them. Um, as mentioned by uh, planner Tommy Travers, um, this plan is updated at least every five years, but there's also a policy in there that allows um, amendments to the plan at any time. So if ever this commission is interested in making a change, you have the option of doing so and you have the flexibility in doing so, but it takes a majority of the commissioners to vote on doing so for that to happen. So we present this plan to you today based on the assumptions that we have made, based on decisions that have previously been made by the commission. If those are to change, we will pivot and we will change and act accordingly. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. And I also recognize this is a prickly issue, but I'll stick on it a minute longer. I, I do believe as a commission, we also said that should new data come to light, we would consider that data and review our options. And I would say to this commission that what we've learned over the last couple months is we don't have enough money to execute what we have. We'll be borrowing at an all-time high. And we've told our community that we'll have a pretty darn good trail for the north half of the county. But the south half's going to have to wait at least 15 years before we have the coffers and the funding to go after completing that trail. I don't think that's very fair to the people of Aptos and South. So I, I do think it's at least a time for reflection on whether the current plan is fair to the whole county. Thank you, Commissioner Quinn. Commissioner McPherson? Yeah, I just wanted on the presentation, if I could suggest when uh, we identify for the public to have a better understanding, we put segments eight and nine or 10, and we say, where's the starting point and where's the ending point uh, in roads or crossings or whatever. I, I think, uh, the general public doesn't know what five is from eight or 12 or whatever. So I think it'd be really good if they're going to have a look at the, the plan that we're proposing that we, we put down. It's from this point to that point in streets and roads. Okay, thanks. Thank you, Commissioner McPherson, Commissioner Shepard, and then Commissioner Montesino. Yes, I have a couple of questions of staff. The funding that the commission has uh, gotten approved for segments eight and nine and 10 and 11, and even 12 as part of the highway widening project. Are they time bound? Uh, how long does the commission have to move forward with these projects? So all of these uh, funds that we received from grant awards uh, were, they, they do have time restrictions on them. Uh, they're generally, um, you know, eight and nine, I think is scheduled to go to construction in a couple years, 10 and 11 is, scheduled to go to construction about a year after that. Um, 
you know, you can sometimes get extensions on them, but um, right now our designers are moving forward with designing one trail and that's the trail adjacent to the rail line. Um, okay, so that's, they are time bound. They are time bound. Uh, and yes. they, you know, to spend this almost $100 million, um, the commission has to move forward with these rail trail projects. Can the interim trail be built without the abandonment of the uh, um, great easement? No. So is there any way, even if the commission decided to ignore the 74% uh, vote in favor of maintaining the rail, if the commission voted to eliminate the, tra uh, the rail line uh, through an uh, <clears throat> adverse abandonment, could it be done in a way that would meet the timeline of, of using the the funding that's available? Possibly. Really? You think it could get through with an adverse abandonment at the Surface Transportation Board within two or three years? Yes. Okay. Um, so what you're saying is, should the commission decide to avoid or ignore the vote of the people on Measure D, um, they could do that. Maybe we should, I mean, if there are members of the commission who would rather have no trail or at least push forward with an interim trail, I would suggest that they put a motion on the floor to initiate adverse abandonment and see if the commission really wants to do that to the public. Because we keep hearing meeting after meeting that we should go forward with the interim trail. The interim trail requires the commission to initiate adverse abandonment. It would, we, I received over a thousand emails um, opposing that. We had a 74% vote opposing uh, eliminating the trail. If the commission wants to avoid, uh, avoid that, ignore that, let somebody, Mr. You know, one of the one of the commissioners, put the item on the agenda and let's vote on it, because it's just ridiculous to have this same conversation each meeting where people say, "Let's have the interim trail, let's get rid of the uh, ultimate trail." And you're saying it can be done. Well, if a majority of the commission wants to do it, let's vote on it uh, and see whether whether they do or not. Because otherwise, what we're faced with is this continual dis uh, undermining of moving forward with almost $100 million in projects with a project that the, the people don't seem to want in terms of the voters. And this commission hasn't, as a majority, supported. If that's changed, then I think the commission has an obligation to the public to do it and um, see where it goes. If you're right, and I don't think you are, that it can get through the Surface Transportation Board with the kind of opposition that's out there in two years, so be it. Let the commission make that decision and, and move forward. Thank you, Commissioner Schifrin. Commissioner Montesino? Yeah, um, uh, you know, I'm not gonna go around talking about the rail and trail and because there's a funding mechanism. This is investment in our community, $100 million. We need to move forward on, uh, on this effort. We need to be aggressive. I know that I, I know there's um, inflation and interest rates, but it just gets more expensive. We need to move forward and invest in our community. You know, we I can all say I didn't get this. I didn't get that. You know, but we need to put this funding mechanism and we need to work as a, 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 as a commission to, um, a, you know, get more 
get more funding for all those projects and, and highways of anything in Scotts Valley because yeah, there are concerns over there, you know, so, you know, all those bridges and all those overpasses. You know, um, uh, we need a lot of investment. I also have a highway going on Main Street. We need a lot of investment there and all these concerns. But like I said, right now, this is what we have and this is what we need to move forward on. Um, all the other discussions are great, but we can bring them back, you know, um, uh, you know, as, as some people have uh, stated. So just thank you. And hopefully we can go out and get committee input. <laughs> thank you, Commissioner Montesino. Commissioner Peterson. Thank you. Um, I'm wondering if the if we did decide to go with an interim trail, are the grants that we received eligible for that? Or were the grants only for the ultimate trail design with rail and trail? Um, we would have we would have to have a conversation with the CTC. Um, it would not be uh, a slam dunk. Um, I was very specific to all of the agencies um, based on the direction that I received from this commission at the May 2022 meeting to be silent about the rail, the existence of rail and the rail line, that we were essentially applying for a trail a project um, that we put forward and the benefits that we put forward were for a trail, not for the rail line. The rail line is not funded. As I mentioned earlier, the CTC only um, considers funding for individual projects. And when they look at the parameters and why they grant funds to particular projects, they look at the benefits of the two projects. The benefits of an interim trail versus the benefits of an ultimate trail are essentially the same. Um, there's some differences, but I'm not going to get split hairs about it. Um, but there's a lot of people who feel as if the rail should be considered as part of their analysis, but it was not um, because the rail is not funded. So it would have to be a conversation with them um, because it is a little bit different than the way I believe some of the local agencies presented things to the, to the CTC, but I wouldn't say it was, would necessarily be impossible. And that's very consistent with the message that I gave the commission in May, 2022, when I changed my recommendation and said, let's ask for the money, that we would be able to maintain that flexibility. And if this commission so wanted to, that we could go back and ask the question. I have not asked the question because I have not received direction to do so. And Commissioner Schifrin is correct in that if this body wants to change direction, that somebody needs to make a motion and they would need to be willing to make the hard decision to force abandonment on the rail line and then take action to rail bank. And whether it could get done in that time frame or not, well, it would be tight, but we've had a lot of conversations on rail banking with our um, attorneys um, uh, that focus on S S um, surface transportation board issues. And um, I continued to watch what was happening in other areas. And the uh, abandonment issue is based on uh, freight rail service. And with no freight being on the rail line um, north of Watsonville, um, there is a good chance that the Surface Transportation Board, even with opposition, would approve rail banking. And um, that's something that this commission could act on, but it is your decision. And um, I don't see 
right now that necessarily that's what's driving you know the discussion and and you know this is the first that i've heard that there is any interest in changing the direction that we might be going Mr. Rockin. Without weighing in on the, the rail trail and the interim versus ultimate trail, I just think we have to keep in mind how complex the transportation picture is. When we think like, well, well, what's Watsonville getting out of the trail part that's going to, as uh, Robert pointed out, you know, is going to be sometime off in the future compared to what's happening in the north part of the county. I think that's accurate. but. The transit districts making plans that make a huge difference to the people of Watsonville in terms of much more rapid and extensive service. And we're a big funder. Well, we're a group through which funding passes, and we have something to say about we're not the funder per se, but because uh, this is not about Measure D, it's about other sources. Um, it's coming up in a meeting in the not too distant future. So it, none of this stuff is simple. If it's you know, and and so the trade-offs are often say, well, okay, if you're not going to get a train in the near future, and the trail's not going to get built in the near future, how willing is the commission to spend money on making the bus system really function for people that now take an hour and 15 minutes to? I've just wrote it. It takes a, you know, everybody says 45 minutes an hour. It was an hour and 15 minutes it took me to get there. Um, so. There's a lot of complexity in this, and just I hope we can find a way to work through this in a way that keeps us together functioning, thinking about the big picture. I think that's kind of a key issue for all of us, and um, I think it's fine this issue came up. I think these things need to be aired in public and talked about and looked at the options, um, but I, I really want to keep in mind how complex this is and how the decisions you know, made about one thing really affects something that's made about another. And the whole bus thing is not being discussed at all here, but that's a big funding question that's coming up for us in, in the near future. Um, early next year, I guess, will be when that actually comes to us. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Rockin. Commissioner Quinn. I could be accused of perseverating, but I, I, I want to address this again. And I think it's important. If, if we look at our responsibilities, the commission, we're charged with a billion dollar long-term decision. And the fact that there's variables in the equation we've been reluctant to address, I think underscores the confidence the public should have in us. If the rail banking issue is out there and we played dodgeball with it for how many years, why don't we call the question? I'm fully aware that 74% of the voters want rail included in all future plans. And the question is, does rail banking preclude that? Or does it in fact, is it a non-issue? And we played dodgeball with this for the whole time I've been on the commission. So, you know, as a point of order, if the question is, should rail banking be explored by the commission to see if it's viable and precludes future rail planning, I think we should have called this question years ago. We've been playing dodgeball with it, and everyone has an opinion, but we haven't rolled up our sleeves and really got the facts around it. And I think it behooves us as an organization on the verge of a billion dollar decision to have all the facts on the table and have them in play. And I think it's unfair to put Commissioner Preston on a, could you, yes or no? We should know that. It doesn't bind us to any decision, but it's a factor we should know. Thank you, Commissioner Quinn. I would uh, let me just say that it was on the table. It was voted on by the people. Um, the essentially the measure, the Greenway measure, didn't say there couldn't be rail ever. It just said it couldn't be in the plan. 
But what it meant to the people was we're taking out the tracks. And that's what they didn't support. And that's what real banking does. People can have the illusion that the tracks can come back someday. Uh, but anybody who has been, um, at least from my perspective, anybody who's been in the political world any amount of time will know that they'll never come back. Once a trail is there, there'll never be a rail again. Um, and I should also mention that if the commission decides to go with uh, towards an adver adverse abandonment, it also means that it's going to have to drop doing its rail study because it makes no sense to do a rail study if you're going to rip out the tracks. Whether you do it for one year or 50 years or forever, um, we're pursuing a rail study to try to find out whether rail is feasible, how feasible rail is now or in the foreseeable future. If, we, if the commission decides it wants to not have uh, the rail line uh, and to move forward with adverse abandonment, then it's essentially saying uh, the millions of dollars that we've, that we've gotten and are needing to spend to go through a rail study uh, shouldn't be done. And again, I think that is not what the voters voted on in terms of Measure D. And I think staff recognized that because it was right after Measure D uh, results were in that the staff initiated the rail study uh, that would the rail feasibility study that's going on now, uh, which had not moved forward before then because the commission was split and the um, the commission unanimously supported moving forward with the rail study after the vote. And I think what we're seeing here ha is how soon they forget and how those who have been opposed to rail from the beginning will use any opportunity to try to get the uh, tracks ripped up. So if I can respond a little bit to that, because there's some, import some important things to consider with respect to this. Um, I think you make a very good point in that if you remove the tracks, they may never come back. And I think that's the major concern. But there's an important clarification regarding rail banking that I would like to make. Um, rail banking does not require you to remove the tracks. Um, rail banking protects the right of way for future uh, reactivation of freight rail service. Um, See, so you may ask, well, then why would you want to rail bank? And we heard some public comment today about property rights and issues associated with the project development. And, um, uh, you know, it has to do with the very complex nature of um, uh, rail corridors and how the rail right-of-ways were obtained um, for rail purposes. Uh, a good portion of the rail line we own in fee but there are portions of the rail line that we only own an easement. Um, we are um, right now trying to um, deal with one of those issues where a property owner believes that um, they own the, uh, the, the, the underlining property and that we only have uh, an easement for rail purposes. There are other locations on some of these projects that I am aware of that are going to require us to obtain additional rights in order to build a trail adjacent to the rail line, even if we leave the rail line in there. But if we were to rail bank the line, we could choose to leave the rail in place, move forward with our concept report on the rail line and eventually build passenger rail. But we would not have to obtain additional property rights to build the trail because the land would be banked and protected for the potential reactivation 
and the uh, rail banking authority, which could be the RTC, can build a trail in any configuration on the rail line, whether it be removing the tracks and putting them in their place or adjacent to the rail line, just as we are planning to do. And that's why part of my May 2022 recommendation was that we continue to have the conversation on rail banking because rail banking would make it a lot easier to move forward with a trail on the rail line and even passenger rail on the rail line because we wouldn't have to deal with some of the issues associated with conflicting movements of freight rail and passenger rail at the same time. So I do think it's a good discussion that we're having here today about rail banking. I wasn't expecting to have this discussion at our last meeting, but it is an important one and it could possibly be a factor in our ability to deliver some of these projects, even as currently envisioned and designed. If I may, the, I, you're absolutely right. And if the advocates for rail banking supported the ultimate trail, I would be more inclined to agree with you. But the advocates for rail banking are the ones who want to rip up the tracks. Uh, they're the ones who want the interim trail. And I think we have to recognize that that's the political reality. Under a different scenario where we had real support for moving forward with a rail and a trail, um, it, it might really make sense to consider it, although there are implications for um, uh, Roaring Camp that I think have to take, be taken into consideration. But that's not the political reality we're in. The advocates for rail banking are the advocates for ripping up the tracks. And I think uh, call it an interim trail, call it trail only, call it whatever you want. It means ripping up the tracks. And uh, that's why I keep emphasizing that because I think that's what's the root of it. But on the other hand, that's not be, really not before us today. We're dealing with a five-year plan. And um, I think that we should probably get on with that. <laughs> Please. Well, so I'll just comment if I may. I wouldn't presuppose that advocates for rail banking even have a fixed position on the ultimate disposition. I don't. I want to see the data. My, my opinion on this has evolved significantly since I've joined the commission. And I think the decision on whether we need and can afford an ultimate train is why we've commissioned all these studies. I haven't prejudged anything. And I think that moving towards an ultimate train without the discipline of having investigated rail banking is somewhat reckless. I think we owe it to the public to investigate every tool in the box to get this done. And if rail banking is indeed a tool that facilitates an ultimate trail and train, we should be using it. We shouldn't have preconceptions that some tools are good or bad. We should fully understand their repercussions, how they can be used, and how they may backfire. And I, I will say on the public record, I do not have an opinion as to whether or not the ultimate trail or the train is the right. That's why I'm very invested in seeing what these studies show us. Thank you, Commissioner Quinn. And I, uh, it's true that this commission makes decisions as a body. And so it's perfectly possible for the commission to move forward to vote, to proceed with rail banking because it's a legal process, which could save us a lot of liability and a lot of costs. And at the same time, in another vote, vote to proceed with the ultimate trail. That's perfectly possible, those two separate decisions. And so it's not that um, one yeah, necessitates the other. Um, of course, this question is not before us today, and I agree that I think there's a lot of 
information pending both in the passenger rail study uh, as well as in some of the final design work that's being done on trail segments now. Um, you know, I think one feasible question that is related to and pertinent to um, the five-year plan today, um, is there any way that we could, looking at the rail corridor revenues, uh, is there any way that as we look at bonding, we could actually bond against some of the rail corridor revenues in order to uh, fix up the rail line to the extent that um, we can restore service, um, you know, for example, for Roaring Camp to get their locomotives all the way up to the boardwalk? In the same way that we're advancing money forward to do projects on the highway and um, the trail uh, categories, we could also do the same thing for um, the, the rail category. You just need to have a reasonable expectation to expend the funds within um, three years. You can't bond for construction without environmental clearance. So you can bond for environmental clearance, but you can't bond for construction of a project that's not environmentally cleared. I hope that answers your question. A, a bit. Um, I'm curious sort of how much capacity there is if we could seek five to one matches for some of the rail money uh, in order to ultimately have enough funds to restore the freight rail line to you know, full functioning capacity anytime in the near future? So I would say we probably don't have enough capacity to restore the the rail line for freight rail uh, service. If we were to like focus only on that, um, I believe we estimated that about $60 million would be needed to restore the rail line for freight rail service. Um, the rail category has about 80 million over the full lifetime that's going to be collected and doing some math in my head and considering interest rates, I'd say we would probably run short of being able to uh, restore freight rail service on the line if we were to dedicate every last penny towards doing so and no longer fund any more passenger rail studies. Okay, thank you. Any other comments or questions from commissioners? Seeing none, then this is a public hearing, and I'll open it to members of the public to comment on the five-year plan. Anyone here in chambers that wishes to address the commission? Yes, please. Push the podium. Uh, 